Hey, I'm Rutledge. Hey, I'm Connor. And we're Friends Stream Sports. We're real friends who talk about real sports in real time, and uh, we just wanted to be on time for everybody out there, so uh, had to come in a little early. You're going to see a little bit behind the scenes, behind the sports. If you haven't played Madden 20 before, this is what the menus look like. Uh, you know, but hey, we're here. Connor, how are you? Rutledge, we're doing well. It's uh, nice and steamy down here in Central Florida, but as the as the summer heat and sun wears on, there comes a point where, just like a mirage far off in the distance, you can see the end of the dog days of summer and the beginning of a lot of great sports action. Definitely a lot of great sports action going on, uh, especially. Unrelated news, uh, getting ready, uh, the, the, the Liga MX uh, versus MLS quarterfinals are on a little bit. Got a yeah, little Sporting the, KC versus Club Leon. And the Sounders new Leagues Cup. Tigers UN, UANL. UANL. Oh, God, that's a misfortunate spelling. It's Tigress, not Tigers, but that's okay. Ah, first ding of the night. There's the bell. He rung it in. Ring, ring that bell. Did you get my game invite? I did. It's loading right now. Fantastic. We I am going to where? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What? What do we? Uh, what do we want to play? We. I know we're playing Madden, but what? What? Uh. We're gonna do a little tribute game. to the uh, to the Hall of Fame quarterback. I stole the show this weekend at a Hall of Fame weekend, Peyton Manning. So I'm gonna be the Broncos, and uh, you're gonna be the Indianapolis Colts. Wow! So we're doing this thing where the loser gets to pick which team the winner from the previous week is. You asked the question, I gave the answer. <laughs> and for all those who might not know. That's a, that's what went down. That's that's so, exactly what went down. You know what went down today, Rutledge, was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, interesting training. NFL training camp stuff has gone down so far. There's been uh, a lot of stuff, and ironically, it starts with, in my mind, the Indianapolis Colts because who's hurt? Carson Wentz is hurt. You know, there's been a couple injuries in training camp, but to me. Maybe not surprising that he's in, hit by the injury bug, um, you know, still, but uh, very big deal that uh, he gets to Colts camp and gets hurt. So that one kind of stings. <laughs> Just like his foot. His foot yeah. kind of stings as well. Um, now, when, when that first came out, and I guess also Quentin Nelson has a very similar injury uh, to Carson Wentz, and... You know, when that first came out, I was actually in France jogging along the Seine and you know, was able to get my workout in. And they kind of said, you know, oh, at the end of the practice day, Carson Wentz came off, you know, a little sore on his foot. They're going to get an MRI. Shouldn't be all that bad. And boy, were the talking heads wrong. Boy, was everything wrong based off of all that. But should we be surprised? I really don't think we should be surprised anymore. This is, and I feel bad because this is going to make Carson Wentz make small college football players look bad. Of course, 
some small college football players are fantastic, but it's just not not going well for him. No, that's so true. He, uh, you know, he came in having a a big big first. Uh, season, you know, one of the things that they're saying about Carson Wentz is that a lot of these injuries actually go back to, you know, uh, injury, you know, different injuries when he was a child. So you're getting a lot of, um, you're getting a lot of injuries that are kind of lingering things like that. So we'll see what happens. Uh, who do you think could potentially fill in for Carson Wentz at the beginning of the season? Uh, anyone at this point, you know, they're going to need some help there in Indy. He was kind of a big pull for them because they no longer have Phillip Rivers. So um, it's kind of an open competition right there for them. I don't Old have, man Rivers. I don't have a big pick of who it's going to be for them yet. Um, and I didn't think about, okay, now that he's out, I don't think they know what they're going to do. But I just know that it's a big deal. You hate to see that happen when a team signs someone in the sense of trying to make things better. Um, ironically, though, even though Wentz is no longer an Eagle, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are not gung-ho to be naming Jalen Ramsey right now QB1. I would not want to name Jalen Ramsey QB1 either, especially seeing as he plays cornerback. I knew I was getting that one wrong. But Jalen Hurts, you know, he... Uh, he, he's also kind of banged up right now as well. So he's got he's got some injury pieces to go through. There are some quarterbacks that are definitely struggling here at the beginning of the season. Uh, Zach Wilson, did you did you kind of follow him? Um, you know him at the um, that with the Jets scrimmage. Did you kind of see what happened there? Connor, tell the people because I feel like I'm going to get a third ding by the fourth quarter. Like at this point, you might as well just score a touchdown. And here it comes. Uh, there's the, the tutty. We're getting close here. Jacoby Brissett, two for two, 52 yards, some good balance. Um, but, no, uh, so you know, Zach Wilson came out through two picks in sort of a green and white scrimmage game, which, you know, he definitely looked pretty tough. Um, and, you know, it was his coach. Um, his coach definitely came out and tried to, you know, encourage and, and kind of keep, keep it positive and things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, you're the number two pick. We are in a time period where things are so involved and, and guys coming out of college have such a uh, such a grasp on things that you really shouldn't be. If you're a number two pick, you know, you should be coming out of the shoots firing. So was he picked too high? Uh, potentially, yeah. Um, you know, I think obviously only time will tell, right? Uh, Josh Allen... Uh, is, you know, was definitely not probably the number one quarterback that you would have thought from his 2018 class. And if you were like me and really liked Sam Darnold, you know, you, you kind of thought he was going to be the stud. And Josh Allen just, you know, had the literal Brinks truck backed up into his into his house. So um, might have been draft too high. Time will tell. It is very early. But, you know, signs and returns right now are not looking too hot for Zach Wilson. No, and uh, I would agree with, you know, it's okay to be a little bit conservative on that one. I thought when they picked him number two that when it was, you know, we did our draft show talking about, like, this is the next quarterback up. I really didn't think that was such. Um, you know who I saw that was an injury, which um, two injuries for me that I saw out there that I think are big deals. First is um, uh, Lutz over in the Saints is hurt. You think, well, a uh, kicker. 
you know, but he's got a, Will Lutz has got a core injury, and considering there's probably still a couple question marks still in how good they're going to be in New Orleans, because uh, Michael Thomas has been a little mean on social media and Sean Payton doesn't want to comment, you know, that, when you don't have a good core kicking game to help you win some of those, like, three-point games against Atlanta, uh, that, Oh, touchdown. Me, uh, the slant never fails. It's like tails. Um, <clears throat> but to me, with seeing Lutz hurt, that, to me, just feels like a bad omen for, um, for New Orleans, because, you know, you got to have your kicking game right. If there's anything we've learned in our first year of French Stream Sports, the kicking game matters. And I think it's going to be a little bit bigger of an impact. It's not a it's not a season ending. Everything is broken. I'm sure they'll find someone to fill that role. But he's been one of the better kickers in the league. So that might feel like an underrated story out there. But to me, I think it is it's worth noting. Well, of course, you know, as it relates to the New Orleans Saints, especially in a year like this, they're going to need to have uh yeah that margin is just getting tighter and tighter right no jubris uh you know Jameis winston who knows how many picks he's gonna throw uh who knows uh, if Taysom hill Taysom hill's gonna be starting what that situation is gonna look like so uh whenever especially your quarterback situation is not key and doing good i mean points are points are always at a premium in the nfl i think what was it week one the average score last year was like 29 to 27. So, you know, there are weeks where the average score is under a field goal uh, of separation in that game. So it's always points are always at a premium, but being able to really come out and uh, do that well, I just made I just made your cornerback there really struggle, and I'm going to run out of bounds before I get crushed and fumble the ball. Jacoby Brissett with the wheels. <laughs> the wheels. Speaking of the wheels, give a shout-out to Steven the Steady is here once again watching the show tonight, Connor. So. Hello, Stephen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've got, you know, I think NFL training camp is, is really starting out pretty well. I think uh, the big quarterback story is Trey Lance. Have you been following uh, any of what Trey Lance is, is, is happening with him? Um, you know, of course I have, but you got to tell the people. Cool. So, uh, yeah, Trey Lance has uh, really been coming out hot in training camp. Uh, you know, he's he's got a full-blown quarterback battle that he's worked himself into apparently with uh, you know with Jimmy Garoppolo and there's questions right now of you know should should the uh, should the San Francisco 49ers look to move Jimmy G because uh, you know because Trey Lance has been playing so good Jimmy G still has some value and could probably still you know catch some value within uh, you know, within the scheme and system, you know, especially if there's a team like the Eagles that has an injured quarterback. But, you know, it's uh, – we'll see what happens because uh, we could have another rookie quarterback starting here in, uh, you know, in the western half of the country. The NFC West continues to be a massively stacked division. Uh, if there's one quarterback who joined the NFC West who you're – oh, get that pick. Oh, I thought we had that, and then I thought you had it. Um, there's one quarterback you're not going to be seeing this preseason, and that is Matt Stafford. If you didn't follow Sean McVay out there, he has been very insistent that his big starters won't play in preseason. He would rather get some of his lower-tier dudes some reps, uh, get those guys out there, but he's been very out there saying you're not going to see him 
if as long as he's the coach of the Rams. So yeah, I, that, that's a very Sean McVay thing, though. He I don't think if I remember correctly, he didn't play his guys last year at all during preseason. Also, so yeah. uh, not surprising. No, very normal for him. Uh, something that was very surprising is, of course, Lionel Messi. Ha! I did it. Lionel Messi has been very big announced that after um, leaving, he is leaving Barcelona and is supposed to be signing with Paris Saint Germain. Um, this is he has six. He had in Barcelona he had 672 career goals, 10 La Liga titles, four Champions League, and six. Can't pronounce that player of the year. That he ended a 21-year it looks like Oro, which is gold or of gold in Spanish. Uh, 21 year association with the club. Now as we have, we're mostly a football fan base show to our viewers that are out there. Thank you for coming out. Um, do you want to put out there for, this is probably one of the biggest sports moves to happen. This is, I think, as big and much more of an impact, but it's the Think of like your historic NFL quarterbacks if they all moved. Given examples, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Brett Favre are three in my lifetime that I can at least, you know, comfortably remember where I was when they left. This is bigger than all of those moves. So I think it changes the big shape of the sport in a large way. And I have plenty to say about this tonight, Connor, but I wanted to give you some 90 seconds. As we know, soccer is much more your wheelhouse than mine. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and tough day for Barcelona fans. You know, it. Uh, I, I think there's a few things to consider as it relates to the Lionel Messi move, and, and I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. Number one, uh, he kind of went where he wanted to go last year. It was no secret Messi was very unhappy with the direction of the club last year. Uh, they got him to stay, uh, and the new president of Barcelona, uh, Laporta, his goal was to, and kind of he ran on the pledge that he was going to be able to get Messi to stay. Apparently they had a deal signed um, in principle, but due to financial fair play, which I, I don't quite know what financial fair play really means, um, but, you know, it, it is a combination of, you know, trying to balance your revenues with uh, your salaries. So financial fair play came to play, and Messi uh, could not be kept even though you know, so many Barcelona players had um, apparently decided and were, were taking big pay cuts. Uh, for PSG, I think, I mean, they got uh, Messi on a free transfer. Uh, they got Sergio Ramos, I believe, on a free, if not a free. Yeah, Sergio Ramos was on a free transfer. And Donnarumma, who is the European Championship goalie, one of the best goalies in the world, on a free transfer, along with Neymar, along with Mbappe. I mean, this team... PSG has always been loaded, really, since I've started following soccer. And PSG just, I mean, they are taking that to a whole nother level. As it relates to Barcelona, one of the things that Lionel Messi was able to do for Barcelona was allow Barcelona to throw bad money on top of bad money to help cover up mistakes. Uh, kind of like really what the New York Yankees do and can do, but now... Um, now they don't have that. I mean, the amount of people that would fly to Barcelona for games just to watch Lionel Messi play probably would net and could net Barcelona one player per season. So 
I think there's still a lot of talent on that roster, but I mean, it's, you know, it's going to be so different and it's, it can't be what it was and it won't be what it was because Barcelona, I mean, has been, if you think about it, you know, you weren't, you're not able to replace him because you can't catch a big transfer fee for Messi. And, uh, even before Messi really had dominance, uh, Barcelona had Ronaldinho there to be the number 10. Barca doesn't have really a number 10 right now. Number 10 being that, you know, number one playmaker there on offense. So I know I crushed my 90 seconds. I apologize, but I just needed to get a couple of things off my chest. <laughs> Those are, uh, and that's a hairy chest, the things to get off of. The, the big thing to think about when you talk about um, people coming to see, uh, see Messi, I actually had a stat, Rutledge in his stats machine, 10% of all tourists that were coming to Barcelona were coming to watch Lionel Messi play. I don't think we even have that percentage of people coming to watch the New York Yankees play baseball, of that they've traveled to an area for the sole reason to just see one sporting thing, you know? So it's a, it's a massive impact. This two-year, um, $25 million per year deal that he has it's also going to keep Mbappe in town, who was looking at, I have it written down, but I didn't write it down. Mbappe was in conversations with someone else to leave. I believe it was... Real Madrid. Thank you, Connor. He was looking at Real Madrid in order to possibly leave PSG, and this will keep him there. It does re reunite Messi with Neymar, who um, it's been reported that Neymar kind of gave him some instrumentals to entice him to come back that to me felt very um nba when you think about how lebron james had teamed up with dwayne wade now he's teamed up now he's got russell westbrook and he's got um other players that have joined him in the past so what a what a huge power move the slant again it has been too long since mm. madden that the slant is just coming back um but what a huge power move of the signing. What a huge impact. Uh, so, Connor, do you think there is another player out there right now? Of course, you know, we go back to 2018 when Cristiano Ronaldo went to Juventus. Um, do you think there's another player right now who's kind of on the fence of soccer to move that would be, of course, not as big of an impact, but almost as big of an impact as Lionel Messi leaving Barcelona? You know, I think every year you've got, you know, kind of the big transfer guys. I think what's so hard about Messi, I mean, that's you make you make the some analogies about, you know, Messi leaving. That's like Tom Brady leaving Messi leaving Barcelona is like would be like Michael Jordan leaving the Bulls before the last dance here. Uh, a guy who's only been with the Bulls, only been with one team and still has a ton left in the tank. Um, so, yeah, every year there's guys, but, you know, there's clubs that. Uh, try to sell sell players. I mean that that's kind of their models. So uh, if you've got you know Ajax for example, you know you are uh, your goal is to get a lot of good players and then try to go sell them. Uh, Dortmund has been a selling oriented club uh, throughout you know throughout their kind of last previous history. Um, so being able to um, being able to have a uh, a good team like that, and I, I'm. I'm chunking up some yards here, and hopefully I can throw oh, an interception. Pick. 
can't do that. Cannot oh, oh, do that. That tackle came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, I think the next biggest player uh, to come out is going to be or, or get sold is going to be Erling Holland, uh, who currently plays for Dortmund. Um, everyone says he's the next big thing. Between him and Kylian Mbappe, if he ends up going to Real Madrid, uh, just a matter of time before they totally reload. So uh, those are my thoughts. What a huge impact. Uh, I'm excited to see how little shakeup is this season as we get ready, you know, as, as the regular season starts to come around over in Europe eventually. And then, of course, Connor and I get to talk more Champions League. Once Champions League starts, which we know will go through an entire Champions League um, with everyone this year. But it's going to be a huge... Uh, we're, we're building up into this, getting close to the start of year two for French Stream Sports, and there's a lot been going on. Oh, there has been a lot going on, including Rutledge getting our sponsor. Oh which my. sponsors halftime hot takes. There's nothing better in halftime hot takes than sitting down, delivering some hot takes with a fresh, hot cup of Daddle's coffee. Mmm, so good. Rutledge, uh, you might have the, the coffee copy right in front of you. Tell our viewers and audience out there What's so great about Daddles? So Daddles Coffee is a hand-roasted, small-batch coffee shop located in Winter Park, Florida, um, locally owned and operated for all of our Florida friends. Not only do they make great types of coffee and have many varieties on their website, they also donate profits and proceeds to, uh, to save the King Cavalier Spaniel. Those dogs suffer from hip dysplasia, heart disease, and also can suffer from paralysis. So... I like to start my day with a good old cup of daddles. Connor, where can our viewers get themselves some daddles? All you got to do, go to daddles, D-A-D-D-L-E-S, coffee.com, and check out the website, check out everything. And when you want to buy your coffee, whether or not it's uh, a big old bag of coffee or some K-Cups, use the promo code FSX for Friendstream Sports for 15% off. It's a really good deal for a really good cup of coffee. Um, it's actually one of the few coffees that Anna Marie will drink. Normally, she's a big cream and sugar lady. She'll have a couple daddies black. So, gotta love that Daddles coffee. Um, and that brings us into halftime hot takes. So, not only are we hot for coffee, we're hot for takes. And obviously, tonight's halftime hot takes is more about Lionel Messi. And it's one question for you, this hot take. What is the ceiling for the next two years of PSG with Lionel Messi on the roster? Not Back-to-back uh, -back travels. Win the league, win the League Cup, and win Champions League two years in a row. That's how high this team can go. I agree with the same thing. It's going to be take it all. Of course, my immediate thought was two Champions Leagues, but, uh, Connor, I'm not going to argue with it. It's got to be. They've got to win it all all the time. Expectations are massive, but talent is massive. We're going to be, they to me remind me of like the Raiders and Tecmo Bowl of whenever we start playing FIFA together. It's got to be, okay, who gets to be Barcelona? Or not Barcelona, who gets to be PSG? PSG. And so, the other one gets to be Barcelona. That, that would be a thing. That would be a thing. So, Rutledge, as we head into our third quarter, we are uh, not only heating up for hot takes, but we are heating up for MLB Team of the Week. You know, I uh, 
I am excited about this team of the week because but it's just they have they the city of Chicago you know needs so much and in the times of COVID you just want to see good things go well for good people and needed something to go well this year it's Chicago White Sox fans and and how they are second in the American League they have the second best um second best record in the American League behind the Rays and they're like a game like a game and a half back they swept the Cubs over the weekend they have a ten and a half game lead in the division they signed Craig Kimbrell at least in trades and I threw a massive pick because Connor figured out my offensive strategy um, but the Chicago White Sox are a balanced attack they don't lead Major League Baseball in any category but that's because they do everything fairly well but it to me looking at this team my first hot take of the night the White Sox, it's not about who are they better than or worse than in the American League. It's what is it going to look like for them when they meet the Giants or the Dodgers in the World Series? Yeah, no, I think that um, the White Sox are definitely a uh, potential World Series kind of team. I think they, you know, they as you hit the nail on the head, they do a lot of things really well. Um, you know, but with that, um, you know, you got to be able to – uh, if, if you're not going to be great at one thing, you know, you can get bit sometimes by not being great at the one thing that trips you up and takes you down. So um, it's always important and always interesting just to try to understand, okay, how, how, is, how are the White Sox going to um, – how are they going to be uh, – keep their pitching good, right? I mean, Lucas Giolito, as example, you know, he, he's struggling in his last couple – uh, starts right if you're not an absolute stud that you believe can get out there every time and really make a big impact I mean what's going to happen if you've got a uh, that one bad playoff start that has you go from you know game one now you're down in the hole 1-0 and your ace got shellacked and you know now you know your hitters going to slump so um, it, it's uh, they do a lot of things really well they did just sweep the Cubs which being, you know, having uh, that Chicago uh, college experience, everybody see is seemingly a Cubs fan. So being able to uh, beat the Cubs is always great. Uh, and, you know, it, it's uh, just in the same way with the Brewers last week, being able to have that big division lead, I think, can only really help them as, as they get to, you know, try to finish out the season strong. They, uh, they definitely have everything going for them, and finishing the season is going to be very much theirs. It's going to be theirs to lose. Um, you know, I really think that this August schedule is going to, which can you believe we are cruising through August, but I really believe this August schedule is going to do them a lot of favors to set them up right. They have um, on their schedule coming up, they have to play the A's, the Rays, the Blue Jays, and the Cubs. Um you, just, Wait, you almost just rhymed there. You should have come up with another team name to make it rhyme. The A's, the Rays, the Blue Jays. I mean, the Cubs do have shrubs around their stadium. The Cubs and the shrubs. They don't get dubs. They are not flying the dub. That rhyme. They are. They are not. The, those Cubbies are not flying the W so much this year. Not. Not so much. But. They have a pretty manageable schedule. I'm excited to see them play the Rays because that's going to be 
that's a potential possible AL championship series. So to see how they're going to do against each other and how they're going to match up. Um, of course, we talked about the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays um, haven't stepped up as much as I wanted them to. But they are definitely, they have all the pieces in the in the right direction. I think Jose Abreu is going to be, you know, he's got 21 home runs and 83 RBIs, so he can lead the way and kind of help with some scoring. Um, but overall, I'm excited to see what this White Sox team is going to be capable of and excited to see them hit their ceiling. Connor, who do you think is their biggest threat in the American League? Yeah, I mean, I think in the American League, uh, they probably don't have any uh, threats there in in that AL Central. Um, you know, the Twins are a dumpster fire, uh, although the Royals did just take two out of three from, from the White Sox, so you better watch out. Uh, those Royals can sometimes be a royal pain in the you-know-what. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I would say as of now, probably whoever ends up winning the AL East, the AL East is just, I mean, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a war zone there in the AL East. The fact that, uh, you know, the Yankees, uh, the Yankees are in third place and they're not horrible, right? The Yankees, um, they've definitely been playing below their capabilities. So if they put it together, um, you know, they could, they can make it really tight there. Uh, so I think, you know, the Rays are obviously somehow they keep on adding players and doing what they need to do to be successful. Uh, but, you know, I think I would imagine, and I'll go maybe a little bit crazy on my take here. I would say uh, either I could see the Yankees just kind of being the team that sneaks into the playoffs and really gives the White Sox problems or a team like the Red Sox, uh, just, you know, that home field kind of vibe. Uh, in the playoffs could really give the White Sox some issues. So here's some, as we talk about standings in the American League, of course you have to note that your division leaders are Tampa Bay, Chicago, and Houston. I want to bring up the Wild League, the Wild Card, the Wild League. In the American League, your in-order standings for the Wild Card are the A's, Boston, the Yankees, and then Toronto and Seattle with five and a half games back, which, all right, Mariners... You're trying. Maybe you'll be team of the week one week. But there's a uh, – there's definitely – you know, there's definitely still – it's not going to be an easy playoffs for the White Sox. I still stand by my claim that they are very much a World Series contending team. But given all these wild card teams, they're going to have to work for it. You know, the, the A's in Boston and even New York and Toronto, whoever slots into those spots, none of those are slouches. So um, – they just got to kind of keep focused on what they are doing. I also think it's awesome, and I love giving a shout-out to the Sox uh, because, um, you know, as their manager, Tony La Russa is, um, you know, such just an old-school guy, right, in, you know, baseball with, you know, analytics and spin rates and, and all this stuff, uh, having the new analytically, um, you know, savvy manager everyone thinks is so critical. White Sox, and actually was there, the White Sox owner, uh, apparently always wanted Tony La Russa to be his manager and finally could get him. Uh, Tony La Russa always was there with the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, got him out of retirement, and he's got them moving in the right direction, even with a young roster, or even potentially, especially with a young roster. Well, it'll be here before we know it. 
it'll be baseball, it'll be playoff time, and uh, we'll have a massive must-bust interest going into these playoffs. Connor and I love our big play. We love the playoffs on this show, Connor. So, playoffs. 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 We, we are fans of the playoffs, so we love um, playoffs. And I'm that a fan was, of playoff baseball. That was right to him. I think I've thrown two picks tonight, or is it three? Uh, that's at least two. There's been a few that probably should have been picks, uh, but we are playing now. Um, I am. Uh, I'm. I'm honing in on you. Speaking of honing in, uh, speaking of transitions, speaking of speaking of starting a new quarter, what is happening? College football is upon us. We are less than a month out. The most glorious day of the year is that first weekend, that first foot at 12 noon it hits, and we get to start another college football season. We wouldn't be talking about college football without talking about the one, the only, the University of Alabama Crimson Tide. And there's one big name out there who, you know, Last time we talked about him, some disaster hit his career, Connor. Do you remember uh, way back when, in our early days of our show? I feel like if I could, if we could afford the song, I would sing it. But, you know, it was also in September. Do you remember when we talked yeah, about Oh, yeah. No, we, we, uh, we were not fans. And I would s still not be a fan of Bill O'Brien as a head coach. But he might have found himself in a good situation at the – uh, University of Alabama Career Rehab Center, a.k.a. Nick Saban's coaching staff. Yep. They, uh, if it worked for Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian, good things happen in three. So, Bill O'Brien, you are on the right path. I wonder if you get a brochure when you sign on his coaching staff after your career is kind of falling apart. Uh, you know, there's there's probably at least a phone call that gets, that gets uh, placed by Nick Saban. And, you know, Good night is coming from an NFL coach where, you know, you got to do so much um, with so, you know, you have so little control. You have to do so much with so little control. I'm sure Bill O'Brien is just licking his chops. Because let's remember, he had a lot of success, success, success. He had a lot of success at Penn State, ding. Uh, you know, with everything, ding, uh, with everything he had going on and being able to turn that program around. Uh, so, you know, it'll be, uh, I, I think Bill O'Brien It'll be really fun to see how he does this year with some of the, quote, toys that he has to play with now and in his offensive arsenal. I think it is a really good time for him to take that job because if you look at it, they just offloaded some massive offensive studs in the draft. So he kind of – it's not as if they went – they won the championship with Sark's system and now he has to go teach his system to guys that are like, wait, why don't we do it the old way? We just won with that way. And, of course, I don't think you get that much, you know, questioning on a college out of players. But still, um, it is, I think it is the not another pick. Especially if you were an NFL head coach, though. You, you've got that, you've got that uh, going in your favor as well, too. So if you, even though Bill O'Brien uh, should, should be questioned a lot, uh, for some of his maybe play calling decisions and personnel decisions. He doesn't have to make personnel decisions in terms of trading for players uh, in college. He makes personnel decision in terms of recruiting players, but you're able to, uh, that's probably a little bit more straightforward, I would imagine. I wish I could make personnel decisions about winning this game. 
but that's for all of our podcast listeners out there. It's Friendstream Sports, Tuesday night at 8 o'clock, and hey, we're glad you're here. Uh, Drink Daddles Coffee, 15% off, promo code FSS. Drink but Daddles Coffee for the dogs. For the dogs, dog. Um, outside of that, you know, I think there's a conference we need to give a shout-out because it needs some love. Does anyone still even care about winning the Big 12? Does anyone still even care that it's around? You know, do we... I feel like the Big 12 is the weird kid at school now that you know is moving at the end of the school year, so you don't invite to your birthday party because what's the point? We're not going to be friends anymore. You know, you're going to... You're going away, right? Like you're great. Yeah, you're moving to you're moving to Maine. Okay, cool. You're but, moving to Maine. But we live in we live in Florida. Did you know that Maine technically has the oldest is the oldest state in the country in terms of population? Did you know it's hard to talk about Maine without making a bunch of Maine puns? That it, uh, you are the Broncos tonight. Like the main way that you won today was because of three picks. That that's been a thing. That that has definitely helped. Uh, but no, I think uh, you know as it relates to the Big Twelve. Uh, Wait, you're watch right. Vaughn I mean, Miller fall over. Watch him. Ah, did you see him? He's he's kind of done. He he's starting to call uncle as, as these Colts are rolling. Um, the horses are running. The the horses versus the horses. You know, I think that. You know, this year as it relates to Oklahoma, uh, you know, it's kind of their conference to lose, although Rutledge, I would not count Iowa State out of any football game that they're playing in. No, Iowa State is definitely a good deal team that is going to go in a good direction. It, this, in, this may be the year that Iowa State is actually a contender for the Big 12 instead of kind of an upstate, upset. So... Um, if I were to put Big 12 out there for performance, I think I would definitely go, you know, Oklahoma 1, Iowa State 2, and then maybe Texas 3. Because let's – let's uh, I mean, Iowa State is bringing back a lot of their players, and, and their quarterback and their running back are going to be coming back. So I think it's – here's another hot take for you. Iowa State is a sneaky dark horse playoff team. It's not impossible. Um, does that mean, what is your top three playoff? Are we on the same page that your assumed playoff teams are still Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State? Oh, of course. I think if Iowa State had a win against Oklahoma, I definitely agree with that. They could make a playoff run. I think the state of Iowa would not, would not know what to do. I don't think there is enough fans of Iowa State in the state of Iowa to fill there are a lot of tickets for the playoffs. Oh, I they would that. have to like they would have to like go to South Carolina and be like, "Hey, throw on this shirt. What's it for? You're going to a playoff game." But South Carolina's not in the playoffs. No, just throw on this shirt. It'll be okay. Why has it got to be about South Carolina, Connor? Why couldn't it have been I, they, Why couldn't it have been they went to UCLA, Michigan State? Could have been those teams, um, but. So I'm saying it's, it could be about South Carolina because the fans are so passionate that, they, that they'd that they love to go cheer for a playoff team. <sighs> We're just bringing out the South Carolina jokes already. <laughs> this so, is because uh, Beamer was early to media days, isn't it? 
Apparently, I heard I was listening to Colin Coward today. He had Mike Vick on. Uh, Mike Vick was at um, South Carolina training camp the other day. I saw that. Uh, you know, he he said he said it was a good time out there with Coach Beamer and the boys. I feel like any time anyone would pay Mike Vick to do anything, it's a good time. Because I no, watched absolutely. the video of Mike Vick talk about all of the best rushing quarterbacks that played in the NFL. You know who was number one on his list? Mike Vick. Yep. <laughs> I think number I two was Russell that. Wilson. Number one was himself. He's like, number one, obviously me. Have you seen my records? I mean, how could it not be? Like, let's be real here. Like, some of the things that he did, like, that's not even being that's not even being uh, uh, showy. That's just, like, talking the truth. I mean, you know, he was good. I will say if I gave a way too early number four for the playoff, um, and not just because of where I live, but kind of a feeling of it, I'm going split between Texas A&M or, or Georgia could be a good early preseason number four. Um, Texas A&M, though, they have to beat Bama. And it would be Texas A&M would be in there, and Bama would be a four. But I think one of those two SEC teams, they're both kind of contenders last year, could, uh, could possibly have a shot. But no I like doubt. the Absolutely. I like the I like the Iowa State idea though. I, hey, let's just let's just track them. I mean, and who knows? Maybe maybe it's a little kiss of death here for me. But uh, I that could be a thing. Oh, he came down with that. Nice. Well, that's a loss anyway. Steven, you're watching the show tonight. What? Who is your number four for the playoffs, Steven? I know you're out there. We have five viewers right now. Give a huge shout-out to all five of our viewers. Thank you for coming out. We appreciate that. That's some good support tonight, Connor. We always appreciate our viewers this evening and all evenings. Well, uh, Connor, as we get into picks, we're going to get ready for the week. So we're going to talk about um, A's, Rays, Blue Jays, and Cubs for days. How do you feel like the White Sox do against all those opponents? Who do you think they they do well against and who do they struggle against uh they're gonna beat they're gonna take two out of three from the rays um they're gonna take two out of three from the blue jays and uh, i think i think the rays you know that that's the big series to watch i could uh i i could see uh the rays winning that series two out of three I agree that I think they i think they only win one against the a's and the rays and then sweep the blue jays and the cubs Mm, there you go. Another but, another sweep for the Northside rivals. That's pretty big time. Another sweep. Kyle Larson won this past week at Watts, Watkins Glen. Um, Chase Elliott finished second, and I used up my last Chase Elliott spot on my fantasy NASCAR team this week, so I hope it got me some points. By the way, Steven the Steady is leading our NASCAR league, so Steve, remember, if you win our NASCAR league as we've had with the season, you get another guest spot on the show, so we hope that it's you. And um, some golden jorts. And the golden jorts. Gotta win those jorts. Hey, uh, that, that's like that's like one of – we talk about Lionel Messi winning Ballon d'Ors. Um, you win our NASCAR league, you get golden jorts. That's pretty much the same thing. Which we're going to make ourselves in two different states. It'll be awesome. Uh, this weekend, though, NASCAR is doing another road course with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course. So normally we think about just kissing the bricks. We're going to do some loop-de-loops over there at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. 
Uh, going as a road course race, Connor, who do you think your pole winner is going to be? You know, I, I always, uh, as it relates to pole winning, uh, I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick. I am going to go with Kyle Larson. I think they did good last week at the Glen. I think they'll good, do good this week. Nice, nice, nice. We have two weeks left until the NASCAR. We have three races left until the NASCAR playoffs start. They start Sunday, September 5th at Darlington Raceway in Darlington, South Carolina, not too far from where I live. Oh, nice. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. But as that's it, that's our show. What another great show we had. We gained ourselves another follower out there. So thank you for following us and uh, give everyone a shout out. I'll remember, get you some Daddles Coffee, daddlescoffee.com. Get 15% off, promo code FSS. Connor, anything for the people? You know, if anybody wants to buy us Madden 21 uh, so we can upgrade our game a year, I'm, I'm here for it. I'll even take Madden 22 if you feel like paying. Uh, well, that too. That too. All right. Well, as that goes, uh, for Friendstream Sports, I'm Rutledge. And I'm Connor. And have a great night.